The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to our closing out of our celebration of Pride Month. This is our last week celebrating it. So we're kicking it off with our live stream. I've got the amazing Carla on. We might be having somebody else joining us. I don't know for sure, but fingers crossed that they will be joining us. A surprise guest. I'm going to hype it up so that... Just kidding. <laughs> he is ready to appear at any time. I mean, you honestly just need to say the word and people just and magically Christian show up Bale out of nowhere. Yeah. How? You may ask. Just Aaron, right Aaron has the power to just call him up at any given moment. I summon Christian Bale whenever I want. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, that's what she I do. She has a special summon Christian, Christian Bale summoning Bale. candle. Okay, so we are actually going to be talking today just random stuff because, like I said, I had originally planned on interviewing drag queens, local drag queens, and I just did not plan that very well. So that's all on me because, <laughs> uh, you know, they're all like too busy. Um, so, <laughs> so that's on me someday. That'll happen. <laughs> so instead, Carla, who Carla was going to be off the podcast for like, Two months, okay? Yeah. And now she's going to be here for the next two weeks. So <laughs> I just, you know, I'm happy to get sucked back in at any time. You know me. I know. I'm like, okay, I'm going to design this where somehow Carla comes back in. <laughs> I mean, so, it's honestly not very hard. Like, hey, Carla, we got a spot open on this random thing. Sure. So we're just going to be talking about LGBTQIA plus media that we love. Yes, Professor Marston and Wonder Women, since since I know you might not be here the whole time, I will say that, Bailey, yes, I do love that movie. We did mention that briefly on our BDSM episode because it's one of the few pretty positive and pretty accurate depictions. And if you're looking for something that's a little bit tamer than other ones, that's another one reason to watch it um but not just because of that because of representation but yeah that's that's a great one but we're going to mention just a lot of different media things that we like uh i just may end up spending the whole time talking about brian kinney we will see how that goes (laughs) and that's when when aaron will suddenly mute me 
yes. for the rest of the episode. Not just mute you, but all of a sudden Carla disappeared <laughs> from the episode. And then I'll bring her back when I'm done talking <laughs> about Brian Kinney. Because <laughs> everybody knows. I love Brian Kinney. And speaking of that, one of the many announcements I want to make before we get into this episode, we're already not even doing it the way we normally do, but whatever. I want to say our number one episode now, our most listened to episode, most downloaded episode is our first Queer as Folk episode from last year, from last Pride Month. That is now our number one episode. It has defeated Lucifer. And I like to think that (laughs) I'm very happy about it, honestly. It's not that I don't like Lucifer or I don't like that episode. It's just Queer as Folk is my favorite show, as you know. And so that just made me excited. That was my goal. And That's now another candle is. she's been lighting. Yes, <laughs> been lighting that lightly, <laughs> sending up a prayer. <laughs> and I like to think Brian Kinney would be so happy to know that he topped Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so on brand. I've been saving that joke. For <laughs> I'm like, please let, please let Carla. <laughs> But I do think he would just love to know that. So, you know, another announcement. Next week's live stream, Carla will be back with me. And we will be discussing Josh Rubin's movie, Scare Me. So that'll be exciting. And that is on Shudder. We're doing that to celebrate his new movie, Werewolves Within, which I'll mention a little bit more about in just a second. So that I'm really, really excited to talk about that movie. We will be spoiling it. So please go watch that movie. Like I said, there's a lot of comedy in it. So it's not a lot of graphic violence. So, you know, if that stuff gets to you, you could probably handle this one, I think. Yeah, so even people who say that they don't really like horror movies can probably watch it and not run away sobbing. (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to name but you're going to go there. Yeah. Meg, Meg, I'm doing a summoning thing for something. (laughs) Some reason. I don't know. I don't know why. can't imagine. (laughs) I know. And then the other thing is, I do want to say, since this is our live stream, I want to thank some of our supporters. And I'm pretty sure, because sadly, what Anchor is doing now is it only gives me your email addresses. (laughs) So I can email you anytime I want to. But it doesn't tell me who the person is. So I do know, though, by looking (laughs) is that I believe one of our donors is on the podcast with me right now, Carla. Could it be? <laughs> she can correct me if she's wrong, if I'm wrong. If she's wrong. You are correct. If I'm wrong. <laughs> if you're please. wrong, Carla, please correct me. <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're wrong, Carla, can you please own up to it? No. <laughs> uh, but I also want to give a shout out to Robin, um, to Joyce, and... Um, to Sasha for supporting the show. This is a new thing where you subscribe to it. And let me put this up here right now. So support the show by subscribing today, just two 99 a month. You get bonus content like our Christian Bale episode that Carla and I put out. That's one of our most popular episodes. And now you can only listen to it. If you pay two 99 a month, you'll also be helping a black lives matter organization and the stop Asian hate organization. And you'll get bonus content. Like I said, shout outs on your live stream. And after six months of support, you either get a chance to be on an episode, including our live streams. 
or determine the topic of an episode within reason. That's all up to my discretion. So just follow that link to subscribe today. That always will be in our show notes or on our website. And also to let you know, if you subscribe, this may come in handy for our Halloween trivia event. So that's just a little preview there. So just keep that in mind, okay? Okay, so Carla, though, I do want to know what you're into right now. Well, right now I'm I'm into looking at like every streaming site and just trying to put together a list of stuff that I really want to watch <laughs> because I just, you know, like I have this one thing on Hulu and this one thing on Netflix and this one thing on Prime. So I, I'm just, you know, trying to make a list so that I don't keep forgetting the stuff that I need to watch. Because I'm always like, oh, oh, I know what I'm going to watch next. And then I don't because I didn't write yeah. it down. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, um, but I'm also on the last season of Queer as Folk. So I will soon, soon find out how this story ended. <laughs> and I'm very excited because I want to, to, I, I just want to know what happens. Like, you know, and, and this is one of those shows that actually gets to wrap up. Unlike so many shows that just like unceremoniously get canceled, and then you're like, "Oh, but what? What? I just..." I, mm. So I'm excited to see how it wraps up. I am so excited too. Um, I'm also very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. So Aaron's favorite Brian season was season four, and I, as she could tell from my from my tweets, was not maybe as enthusiastic as she had hoped. And then she tells me, oh, yeah, so there's some things that I know you're going to get upset about with, about with Brian in season five. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that just tells me what I need to know as far as, you know, whether, uh, you know, Brian will go down as one of my, he won't go down in anybody, but uh, whether Brian will go down as one of my. <laughs> actually Lucifer. He did top Lucifer. We were already established that. Oh, man. Imagine Tom Ellis in a season of Queer Folk. Sorry, I'm just picturing that now. Tom oh Ellis. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Take a deep breath. Because, yeah, that, that would yes. have been really, really hot. Yes. But, yes, so, so like, I, I, I'm kind of feeling like Brian won't have enough redemption in my eyes to become one of my favorite characters in the show. And, yeah, so we'll see how this works out for Aaron. Yeah, for Brian, there are, in particular, there are two scenes that I'm very curious about your reaction. One of them is, well, basically, I'm just curious about how you view him for the last four episodes of the series. That's what I would be very curious about. Uh, And I I mean, I already know, I already have a feeling how you're going to react. (laughs) What, just based on my 5,000 tweets about about Brian? (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. So what I'm into is I watched Josh Rubin's latest movie, Werewolves Within, uh, the other day on Thursday, and it's really good. Again, this is another movie that I think even if you're not normally into horror, I think you could handle it. I've heard a lot of people describe it as Knives Out, kind of like a Knives Out movie meets like a, yeah, and, and that's a very good way to describe it, I think. Um, I wish I could remember the exact wording that the critic used, but it is kind of a combo of that. It's it's funny. It's it's a video game adaptation, which I know people kind of 
you know, scoff at that, but I think it's really well done. I think the cast is really good. Uh, I think pretty much all the performances are really, really good. I like the score a lot, the cinematography, the script. And I just think Josh Rubin is a very, very, very talented director. And I'm telling you, he is going to be huge. And just give him his Darkman reboot, please, because I know he really wants to do that. So please give him his Darkman reboot. I think he would do a great job with it. So that's what I'm into. That opens in limited. I think it's limited release on the 24th. And then it will be available to stream. Like you can rent it, I think July 2nd, I believe. And like I said, once again, our live stream next Saturday uh, will be, Carla will be joining me. We'll be talking about his other movie from last year that's on Shudder called Scare Me. Okay, so let's get into our random fun talk about different LGBTQIA plus media that we love. So, Carla, I want to first start out with movies. So we'll start out with movies. Are there any other movies you wanted to make sure to give a shout out to or that you just personally love? Yes. And I'm going to try to not mention every last one of them. But <laughs> I watched the movie. I swear I I make no promises. (laughs) I'm like, well, I can, no, no, I can't promise anything. Okay. So this movie that I watched recently called The Half of It, it's on Netflix. I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm glad. So this movie, it stars Leah Lewis as Ellie Chu, Alexis Lemire as Esther Flores, and Daniel Lemer as Paul Munsky. And it's, it's, a really sweet movie like it's it takes um the Cerno story and gives it a twist because it's this this girl who is um selling essays to help um pay the bills for you know because her, her dad mm-hmm. has some like serious depression issues and he's not really able to do very much so she's um just bringing in money however she can. And this happens to be one of the ways that is the most reliable for her. And then this one guy says, hey, listen, so there's this girl I really like, but I, I, you know, I can't really talk to her. Can you help me write a romantic letter? And she says, okay, one, one letter, and that's it. And then it devolves into this whole thing where she's just having all of these exchanges with, with, um, with a girl, Aster, and they they form this like intellectual bond and this you know between the fact that um that paul is cute and also seems to be writing all of these really nice things aster starts to 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 you know get feelings for him only to come to find out you know towards the end that no it's been ellie this whole time who's been sending these letters and there's just so much about it to to love because there are so many um so many i think like realistic things that happen in it with the the way that she deals with with coming out not coming out and you know it's it's a very selective way that she goes about it but it doesn't like it doesn't feel like she's necessarily hiding very much as as much as, as she's just living. She's just living her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there are a couple of moments where you think that 
that just everything has fallen off the rails. Um, but it's just a beautiful story about friendship, about finding out who you are, um, the many different types of love that there are in your life. And I just, I, I recommend it so much because I, I was kind of like, I, I, I like the whole thing, but I just felt very dark and lonely for a very long time. And it does end on a very bright, hopeful note. And that made it, it, it just made everything else lighter by comparison. Absolutely, fully recommend. Um, another movie that, and this is one that I watched a million years ago with a friend of mine um, called Fresa and Chocolate. And it's it's uh, strawberry and chocolate. And it's a Cuban film from the 90s. It's it's so good. Like, I just rewatched it today. And there's, you know, the the main character, well, one of the main characters, Diego, he's gay and he's, you know, the word flamboyant is used in the descriptions of Diego. And he um, he tries to seduce this guy, David, uh, David, who wants nothing to do with him. But then David tells another friend, so, hey, listen, this guy is gay. And also, I don't think he's very communist. So, and of course, this is Cuba, so that's not okay there. So Miguel tells him, okay, you have to go back to his place and find things that we can turn him in for. So basically he goes in there with, with bad motives, but he comes to know Diego really well and they become friends. Uh, they, they have like all of these deep, meaningful conversations about Diego's sexuality, about life, about art. Um, and the ending is ambiguous but you are left with this um, this appreciation for what Diego as a gay man has to deal with just to exist because he's basically not allowed to be out for fear, not you know to be publicly out for fear that that he's going to, I don't know, be harmed. And just like every uh, possible way in his life, and as it is, once he he loses his his job as a curator for a museum, then suddenly he's blacklisted and he can't get any work anywhere. So he has to to find alternative alternatives to continue to you know the living and and but just just watch it basically like it's it's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Just you know type. Fresa y chocolate full length or just strawberry and chocolate or whatever. Just Google it, man. It's available. I promise you. Just do it. Just do it. Okay. <laughs> and the other film that I will mention is um, the children's hour, which I know was mentioned in the last episode. Okay. Aaron, like I forgot. Okay, man. <laughs> that was like a year ago. It was a year ago. <laughs> so let's remind the people. Um, it, it stars Shirley McLean, Shirley McLean and Andre Hepburn, and it um, they're they're school teachers at this you know like private school, and this horrible little girl happens to see them embracing, and from the angle that that, that she's sitting at, she's she's like, oh, they kissed. So she goes and tells her grandma, hey, this horrible thing happened that I had that I was forced to witness with my innocent eyes. And then word spreads like, spreads like wildfire. Um, 
they're in a tenuous situation with their jobs. Um, Audrey Hepburn's character's boyfriend pretty much dumps her. And, you know, um, as they're having this agitated conversation, Audrey Hepburn's character, Karen, says to, oh my God, I just blanked on her name. Shirley MacLaine's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, now I'm, I'm trying to look <laughs> up know, like, while you're uh, doing that. I'm like, um. I just watched 13 clips on it, but, you know, of course, why would I remember her name? But, Tilson, you know, like, you know, um, there's nothing to feel guilty of, you know, like this will blow over eventually. And, and Shirley MacLaine's character says, you don't understand. Like I, I actually do have these feelings. I've never felt this way for a man. I've only felt it for you. So there's this huge revelation. And this movie was from like 1961, I think it is based on a play from 1932, I believe. So this is something that, you know, w- when we think of, Okay, so the representation in it isn't great, and once you you know once you watch it because you, you've got to watch it. It's it's a, it's really interesting to watch, and the acting is very good as well. But once you see it, you'll be like, okay, okay, I, I get why it's not great. It's not great in the sense that that Shirley MacLaine's character feels like she's a bad person for having these feelings. Mm-hmm. So like all of this internalized homophobia is really what what makes it not great. And it's it's just really sad because it's it's a it's a great movie, and it was in fact one of the the first movies that I saw that that really had a a character who outed themselves on screen. So it, it was you know I I saw it and I was like wow, but then it also kind of like drills into your head the, the idea that like, oh okay it just, so this is just reinforcing the fact that being gay is bad because she feels bad about herself. Got it. Okay. So it's like, you know, like go into it with, with the the thought in your mind that like they did this wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's still a good movie. And it's still, I don't know. I I think for, for the fact that there's a lot of realism, unfortunately, to her reaction to herself, particularly because it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it was made in the sixties based on a thirties play. And the fact that that that's the way a lot of people still feel these days, unfortunately, it's still, I think, worth looking at. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When we talked about it last year, I think we also talked about the, you know, the fact that it was representation at the time, but there was also, you know, like you said, there are issues with it. Um, It's not a very happy (laughs) movie <laughs> it's really not no and her name is martha thank you i'm like does it start with an h well does it, it, it? it it has an h <laughs> in it. I know, like, it doesn't even start with it oh what is wrong with you carla <laughs> uh yeah i mean i could name like i could literally name a hundred different movies so i'll try to just name i'll try to just name three because then I'm just sitting here thinking about like 10 other ones that I could mention. Um, but I will start with one. I have mentioned this movie before. Actually, I think all three of these, I have mentioned these before on the podcast, but I want to bring them up again. The first one I'll mention is all over the guy, which is a romantic comedy. 
Um, and the only real difference in it is it is with two men. There's also a heterosexual couple as well, but it mainly is the focus on these two men who they meet, they're set up on a blind date and they hate each other. <laughs> they absolutely hate each other. And one of them is someone who sleeps around a lot. He's kind of like a tamer version of Brian. <laughs> So I immediately went, oh, wait, Carla probably won't even like this guy. But <laughs> <laughs> To be clear, though, I don't like, it's not that I don't like Brian because he's promiscuous. I don't like Brian because he's I know, a tool. I know. That's what I mean. It's like he's like <laughs> Brian, not in the promiscuous oh, okay. side. He's like Brian in And that, that he's a tool. Got it. No, in that. <laughs> tool. I walked right in that one. No, no. <laughs> that he doesn't necessarily believe in commitment or love or that kind of stuff. Uh, and so they don't like each other. Like they have this whole scene where they sit there and, um, <laughs> and the one guy who's a romantic, he's like talking about how much he loved in and out, which if you know, in and out is considered actually really not a great movie because there's, you know, there's a lot of issues with it, but the guy sitting there talking about it. And then the other guy, why didn't I write their names down? I'm just saying the other guy, guy one, guy two. <laughs> Look this up here. That's horrible. You just pulled the Carla. I did. I'm like the guy won. <laughs> so you've got um, Dan Bukatinsky, who is also the writer of this, and Richard Ricolo, who I think he was actually married to Jenny Garth, which is probably what you know him from. Are the two main leads, um, and Dan plays Eli, and Eli is the romantic character, and then Richard plays Tom, and Tom is not a romantic character. So Eli and Tom are having this conversation, and Eli is like, you know, In and Out was just, you know, so good, and then Tom goes on this rant about how actually how there's a lot of internalized homophobia, how it's not a good movie. And he goes on and on. And then under his breath, Eli's like, I'm not even going to attempt to mention the birdcage. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very interesting conversation. And so they don't get along at all, you know? And then of course what happens is then they see each other at like a thrift market thing. And then they become friends and then it, it's kind of like when Harry met Sally in a way, it, except uh, the characters, it's not over that much of a time span, but it's kind of like that. And it's just a cute romantic comedy. I own it. I've seen it so many times that it's sad that I didn't remember the characters' names because <laughs> I have literally seen this movie so many times that when I saw Dan... Um, who plays Tom, when I saw him in an episode of Friends and he was just a waiter in the episode and I went, hey, it's Eli. I mean, plays Eli, sorry. It's Eli from all over the guy. No one else in the world will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I was excited to see a waiter in Friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's so great just because it's a romantic comedy and it's just a romantic comedy. Yes, there's painful stuff in it. Um, you know, Tom's family is not a healthy family. But it's just so nice to see a story about two men where it's not all about pain. It's just about a romantic, just a romantic comedy because everybody gets to see, see themselves in that. Um, the second one I'm going to recommend does have a lot of painful stuff in it. And that's Get Real which is from the late nineties. It's um, an English movie um, and it's about a teenager who is coming to terms with his sexuality 
And he finds out that one of the most popular guys in school who, you know, he's a jock, all that stuff. He is closeted and he's gay as well. And so they meet in like at one of the like kind of like a bathhouse. It's not exactly a bathhouse, but it's kind of like that where they meet. And it's about getting real, really. I mean, the title fits it. It's about what do you accept um, from your partner, from someone you like and coming to terms with who you are and your sexuality and everything like that. And it's just a really good movie, especially even for that time. Um, and I just really love that one a lot. So I highly recommend that one. But the last one I want to mention, and I just finished watching it again for the upteenth time, is this movie called A Home at the End of the World. Um, this is with Colin Farrell, Robin Wright, and Dallas Roberts. And I adore Colin Farrell. I think Colin Farrell is an amazing, incredibly gifted actor. Yes, he's he's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. But he's also a really good actor and he doesn't get enough credit. And this movie is a very different, unique movie. Uh, he plays a character, Bobby, who I don't think I've ever seen a character like this on screen before. And his life is filled with so much loss and so much tragedy. I mean, spoilers for the first few minutes of the movie. His brother dies in this way that I, I, I guess uh, my mom said, actually, because it takes place first in the 70s all the way up to 80s, 90s. My mom said, actually, this happened a lot. Like his brother runs through a, a glass door and doesn't know he's like on drugs and dies. And it's this very, it's a very traumatizing scene to watch in the movie, I will say. Um, and he slowly is losing all his family. And then he, and then Bobby meets somebody, he meets Johnny. And when they're in high school, and to let you know, Queer as Folk fans, the actor who plays Hunter in Queer as Folk plays the young Johnny in this movie. So just to let you know, <laughs> it's a really good movie. And you watch the character Bobby who goes through all this loss, all his family's loss, all this grief. And yet he has so much love in his heart and he really, they never outright say it, but he's really a pan character. That's really his sexuality. Um, Johnny is gay and um, it takes place, of course, like I said, a lot of it, 80s, 90s. So you do have a lot of stuff dealing with AIDS. Um, but then Robin Wright is also there and Robin Wright loves Bobby. And then they end up having this unique family of these three people getting together and starting a family. And it's just such a beautiful story about finding your family and how family can be found. And it doesn't necessarily mean you know, your your family isn't necessarily the family you're born into. Sometimes it can be a family you find. And with the Bobby character, it's just so incredible to see this character that literally he has absolutely no qualms about sexuality, about who you are, about people. He is one of those people that truly and honestly loves every single human being and has just open heart and open mind for every single person. And that's why this movie is so beautiful. And that's why I just always hype it up because of Bobby, because of um, Colin Farrell's performance as well. Um, he doesn't get to play characters like this very often that are very innocent in some ways um, and very different and unique. So I highly recommend that one. 
I know some people have issues with the ending and I understand that. Uh, but I still think it's, it's a great, great movie. Okay. And then I want to mention really quickly before we move on to TV, we did a poll to see if there was a movie that you wanted us to make sure to watch. And I put in there, um, love Simon, but I'm a cheerleader tangerine. And now I'm forgetting what the fourth one was that I put in there. Anyway, it doesn't matter because <laughs> Love, Simon won decidedly, <laughs> which kind of doesn't surprise me. Uh, but I just want to know, um, Carla, so have you watched Love, Simon, Carla? I have watched it. I have watched it as of 11 a.m. this morning, my time. <laughs> did you like it? I did. It was, it was, a, it was a sweet movie. I mean, it, it had its flaws, but it, it was... I thought very, I, I'm trying to like put all of my thoughts into one jar and they're not fitting. So let me, I'm trying to like do the, the mental gymnastics of funneling them in, in there. But I, I really, I love the ending. I thought the ending was just so sweet and completely what I had kind of hoped for, for those characters. Um, I'm trying not to spoil it in case anybody hasn't seen it because it's just yeah really nice, but I had a major problem with um, with Simon kind of using a black woman character to keep his secrets hidden. It, it's, it was just really gross and it made me very uncomfortable the way that they went about that. I don't know, like it, it just it really took me out of the all of the other elements of the movie. Because, it, it, you know, Black women already don't have a ton of rep representation in, uh, of, like, good representation in media. And here's one, and it seems like she's going to be great, and she's, she doesn't seem to be, like, a token Black person. But then the way that she's used by Simon, I, I didn't really think that... that that there was a good excuse for him doing that. Um, but the, the story itself, as far as him and, and his coming out, um, I have, I, I really appreciated that they didn't make it too, it didn't go too far one way or another. Like it wasn't like his parents kicked him out and it's not like he felt safe and comfortable immediately. Um, there was that, that in-between time when he thought that his father just didn't want to really talk to him anymore. Um, his mother was just kind of quiet about it until she actually spoke up, which is what she should have done from the beginning, and told him, yes, absolutely, I embrace you as you are. But yeah, th those were my thoughts on on the movie that I just saw a few hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I I like this movie a lot. Um, we were hoping, spoiler, our guest, our special person that was supposed to come on, maybe, was going to be Meg. So I know in my tweet I said both hosts are on here, but that was a scheduled tweet, so I apologize. Um, but I know Meg loves this movie a lot. So that was one reason I was hoping she would be on here to express her love for this. So maybe she will still hop on and then she can jump in and express her love for the movie what I appreciate about this movie is um, I think eventually what, watching everybody be 
accepting of him and it not being, um, I don't know, like this very painful, awkward, I mean, I, that's not really the right word, but not being this very like, uh, there's not a lot of homophobia in the movie is what I'll say. And that I, I, I appreciate. Um, and it's not that it's all an easy ride and an easy journey. It's just a lot less painful than you're used to seeing. And I think it also reflects what I think the younger generation is like from what I've heard from people who have kids um, is that, you know, the younger generation is a lot more accepting and not as judgmental and not as, you know, homophobic and all of that. So I think that reflects really well in the movie. I think that's reflected really well. I think it's got one of the cutest Ferris wheel scenes I have ever seen in a movie. <laughs> that's all of I'll all say. the romantic Ferris wheel <laughs> moments in a film. This is definitely up there. Yes, it's a lot better than the Notebooks Ferris wheel scene because the Notebooks <laughs> Ferris wheel scene is questionable. Yeah, since, since he's threatening to kill himself. So <laughs> you know, yeah, really, actually, yeah. different. Tiny bit different. Yeah. And, and I have to say, I actually really love the notebook. We have given the notebook a lot of crap on this podcast, <laughs> but I actually really like that movie. So I will confess to that. <laughs> Even though I see why it's incredibly harmful, but I still love it. <laughs> uh, but but I do think Love Simon's uh, Ferris wheel thing is a lot better than the one in the notebook. And I think it's so sweet. It's just so sweet. It's just, oh, it's such a cute little scene. And then I want to bring it to TV by mentioning, I don't know if you've watched it, but I just finished watching Love, Victor, which is considered kind of the sequel to Love, Simon, but it's a TV show. So it just wrapped up its second season on a cliffhanger. So I really hope this show is coming back because <laughs> the cliffhanger I mean, is knows. a cliffhanger that like, oh, it just makes you want to just bang your head into a wall if it's not coming back. So did you watch this show at all? <laughs> no <laughs> no no it'll be me talking about it like I, I i was like okay well i just watched love simon maybe i'll check out love victor and i was like oh it has episodes okay, i'm gonna pass on it at this time yeah it's like 20 episodes uh they're pretty short episodes i mean they're 30 minutes so i guess not pretty short but short comparatively to like an hour-long thing and i like it a lot what i like about it is there seems to be a lot more representation in this one. Um, and I mean, it, it, and I, so I won't get into too much because I don't want to spoil it for Carla within that realm. But it's just, it's, I really love the actor who plays Victor. He's really good. And the way they tie it in is he's writing to Simon. So you get a lot of voiceover from Simon. Um, so he's kind of writing to Simon about, you know, him coming out and he's, his family just moved to Atlanta and he's crushing on this guy. And then he also starts dating a woman, um, or a girl, not a woman. Sorry. This is high school. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> um, but it's, it's pretty good. It's sweet. It's cute. So, I recommend that one. And we did have a recent new listener and I was trying to look up the the name here just to credit, but who had mentioned they really, really want us to cover Love, Simon and Love, Victor on this show and do an episode on that. And I did mention that probably will not be this year. 
unless uh, when we did a poll about what would make you want to become a member, like what bonus content. And it was pretty much a tie between fanfic and television shows, like episodes and stuff. So we're going to do uh, Freaks and Geeks is going to be our next bonus episode, probably. And then we'll be doing fanfics. So if you want to watch those, you have to become a supporter of the show for $2.99 a month. But I, you know, maybe we'll do Love Victor as as a bonus one as well. Um, but just shout out to you for just, I just want to say, just getting any feedback from listeners is really incredible and amazing. And I really do appreciate it. Um, and so that leads me into another little tangent here. So, um, But I just want to, since we're going on a tangent, I just want to give a shout out because I forgot to do this on the past couple of episodes because I admit I apologize. I'm bad sometimes at checking iTunes. But I do appreciate anyone who rates us and gives us reviews. And we did get a review from Miss, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, so apologies. F-O-N-F-R-I-A-S, Von Fries, um, and just said, wow, great podcast, super deep dive into so many great shows. And then um, and then uh, Rocky for Real, fan of the fandom, great pod with a super nurturing and educated on the subject host. Thank you. I'm very nurturing. That's my middle name. Um, <laughs> highly recommend, especially in all caps, if you already know about the fandom topic yourself. Uh, we've also had other ones, um, you know, saying love it, really entertaining. You can tell the host and panelists are really having fun and love talking about the topic. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Sometimes I cry. I'm just adding that in. That's not something that they actually said. There's always something to keep me coming back for the next episode. Also love the recommendations. So I just want to say thank you so much. Um, and if you want to, please rate and review us on iTunes. That does help us get found in that big wide world of podcasts. I haven't said that in a long time on this show. So I'm saying it now. Okay, so let's move on to TV shows. Are there any TV shows or even TV characters that you want to talk about, Carla? Just a few. She's got this really serious. I have a feeling this is going to be for another hour. So (laughs) (laughs) I've only got a couple. So this tiny small list. Okay. (laughs) So some of these I'll just mention because they, they don't really get into, into the character or the show got canceled and we didn't really get to explore much Firefly and Nara, but so there, there has been, and, and most of these are like really recent because I feel like representation on TV up until very recently was just very cartoonish, very reliant on tropes and stereotypes, and just really more harmful than than helpful. One of the best examples I can think of right now, and of course now the show has been canceled, so you know just enjoy it on Netflix and watch the the previous two seasons. But Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, one of the, the main characters is Mo, who is a... Okay, I'm, I'm like, there's so many descriptions. So Mo is black and heavy and gender fluid and gay. So that... And, and um, Mo has a great many wonderful storylines as a character and he doesn't get just it, it started it starts off kind of questionably where, where you think okay this, this person's going to be pegged into just the the sassy black friend character but then thankfully the the writers allowed mo to evolve and to have depth and to have his own 
life and stories that we get to explore. And um, it, it's, it, he's one of my favorite characters on the show, not just because he has the most spectacular voice. Everybody in the show sings, but oh my gosh, when Mo sings, you're just like, <gasps> your heart sweats. Like, oh my God. Um, but I really did like the, the direction in which they took his character. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Rosa, who, you know, she has this moment where she like fully comes out and, and she says, you know, you have uh, 30 seconds to ask questions, go. And then people ask her like all of these silly questions about, um, well, most of them were, a couple of them were serious. A couple of them were just like typical Brooklyn Nine-Nine humor, but they, they fully embraced her as a bisexual woman on the show and it was partly because uh, Stephanie Beatrice who plays Rosa is bisexual and she wanted to have that representation available on TV um Schmidt's Creek we're not going to get into because we've had like two episodes about it but just to put that back out there Schmidt's (laughs) Creek um on the boys you have Maeve who is one of the 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 superheroes and she's bi and I think that Maeve is, I think, a really interesting character because she she's complex, and you're you're not really sure, you know, what side she stands on. You're 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 not really sure what goes on with her, and I I think that in the second season they really explore her more because in the first season she was just kind of like sho- shoveled off into a corner, and I was like, what are you doing? She's a fantastic character. But in the second season, they season Caesar. In the second season, they allowed her to. Yeah, I'm kind of hungry. Okay, okay. Caesar's I would really dressing. like a grilled chicken Caesar salad. All right. What's what's wrong with that? Is that so bad? Please send Carla a grilled chicken Caesar salad. Send me one yeah. too while you're at it. <laughs> because doesn't that sound amazing? Yes, it does. It does. But in the second season, Maeve is given so much more to do, and. I really appreciate that she gets to flourish more as a character. Cause I, I really feel like a lot of the times they'll include a character who is LGBTQIA plus, And then it's like, th- they'll say that and they'll let them have their little gay stories. And, but it'll be like in a quiet corner where nobody can really need to focus on them. Mm-hmm. Crazy ex-girlfriend. You have, um, of course, what the, the one with the mustache whose name is not Gary. I didn't watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so I'm okay. sorry. I, 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 I will look it up, though, while you... Thank you. <laughs> he's, he comes to the realization that he's bi, and it's such a, just a beautiful... The, the way that, that it gets celebrated on the show is fantastic. He gets this, this whole song about being bi and, and just... He, he really, Daryl? Daryl, thank you, yes. Okay. Thank you. I knew it had a Y in it, see? Barry, Daryl, close enough. Um, so, but but he gets to really celebrate who he is, and he comes to this knowledge kind of you know in in middle age. So that's it's an interesting perspective. And then later on, one of the characters, um, one of the the women on the show, starts dating a woman, and it's not and that didn't get like the big bull celebration that Daryl's coming out did, um, but Valencia her bisexuality is more quiet, but it's just as important because it it does become a big part, not her sexuality, but her relationship with this woman becomes, you know, one of the the storylines. Shrill, uh, Fran, who is Annie's best friend, is a lesbian and she starts dating 
um, uh, their friend. And it's, it's, you just got to watch it. It's really good. And friend is I haven't fantastic. seen the second season. I've only seen the first Whoa. season of Shrill. I know I've got to watch the second season, but yeah, yeah. I, it's a show that I wasn't sure I would, I would like. I ended up really loving it. They, they, they moved a lot of pieces around that made it click for me. And I really, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, check that out. Stumptown, which canceled, but the main character, the main character played by Colby Smolders was canonically by. She was canonically by, and you saw her having um, kisses and and adult sleepovers and you know relationships with men and women, and it was amazing because did I mention that she's the main character on this primetime <laughs> show? And I I was so mad when they didn't uh, renew it because it, on top of the fact that it was just a, a really cool show to watch. She's canonically by and she's the main character. I mean, come on. I've already mentioned Firefly and Inara. Um, the Good Place. Um, Eleanor is by. Yeah. She's constantly thirsting after Tahani, which, you know, understandable. Um, and Janet, too. She does have some. And Janet, yes. She does throw some heat Janet's way. <laughs> and uh, the last one that I'll mention is on The Legend of Korra, okay, which is uh, an animated show it's the successor to avatar and Korra is the main character she's the new avatar asami is uh at the beginning she's her romantic rival when when both Korra and asami are are lusting after mako the 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 hot guy in the show and then in, in the last season they start gravitating towards each other and the show it, it's not like, like the kiss or anything it's a very, it, it, it's done in a very like tame way, but they do kind of run off into the sunset together. And the show's creators even said, yeah, 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 it's because they're gay. You know, like it, it, it wasn't anything um, huge, but it was something huge because it's an animated series that is, is uh, kind of showing kids and anybody who watches the Legend of Korra, that, hey, yeah, your avatar, your hero isn't straight. And like, wow, you know, because that's not representation that I think um, is, it, it's becoming more prevalent in cartoons than I think even on, on uh, like human cast TV. But I think it's being handled really, really well these days. So I think that, that that there's been a lot of progress on television with representation. There's still a long ways to go, but I, I see like there's that there is forward momentum and that that's uh, very encouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the ones I'm mentioning are older ones, and they're not necessarily always the greatest representation. But I love the characters so much, and they were important at that time. I'll start off with Ricky Vasquez from My So-Called Life. Um, and this was groundbreaking. This was the first time you ever had an out gay teen male on a network show. It was incredible, incredibly groundbreaking. Um, and the show also had a gay teacher who was living with his lover. And 
it was just a very, I mean, that show deserved more than one season. We're going to be covering that show later this year in November. We're going to be talking about that show. So I will gush about that. It's the only time I can stand Jared Leto. I mean, I love Jordan Catalano. Jordan Catalano is problematic as heck, but I still love Jordan Catalano. But I, Ricky Vasquez was every, he was so much like every gay guy that I hung out with and was friends with in high school. And he broke my heart and he had a struggle. And it was also awesome that the guy that you see coming out of the closet on that show in high school, in primetime, is not a white male. That's also incredibly important. Um, and Wilson Cruz is just, he's so good in the role. And, you know, you had this character that would be featured. He'd be in the women's restroom hanging out with the women. And I had friends that that's what they did too. And it was so incredible. That show to me was the most accurate depiction of high school period. But that scene is just incredible that they showed that on a network television show, which is part of the reason why I think the show was canceled. Also because they scheduled it on Thursdays and I believe it was Thursday nights. And then they started friends and it just kind of just failed and it was ABC and they just didn't give it enough of chance. I think if it had been around today, it would have been picked up by a streamer or something like that because it was such a good show. And Ricky was such an amazing, beautiful, wonderful character. And he wore eyeliner and he was just so beautiful. It was sad. His story was tragic but there was also hope in it towards the end, especially. And I really would have loved to have seen his character's growth. I would have loved to have seen him find a boyfriend and that struggle as well. Um, and then, of course, there would have been a struggle with other things that happened. I know that shows from the 90s, but I know Carla hasn't watched it. So I didn't want to spoil what happened, where his character went because I, I she needs to watch it. It's a quick watch. It's only like eight episodes or something. Something sad and depressing it's a tiny, like that. Like mini season, it is, and it ends on a huge cliffhanger. <laughs> See, isn't that the worst? I absolutely hate when they do that. Like, just let them have a resolution to this cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. yeah, <sighs> so sad. I mean, we've heard from the creators what would have happened, but it's still really sad. Um, so I just really wanted to mention him. I'm going to mention Jack from Dawson's Creek, which we're going to talk about Dawson's Creek later this year, and yes. Jack could also be seen as kind of a eunuch. Um, I think that changed in later seasons and he was given more. Um, it was shown as, as a fully fleshed out character and not just the best friend of, um, you know, Jen. I'm like, how could I not remember Michelle Williams character's name? Uh, but I think that that changed. And that was also groundbreaking. That was also really groundbreaking. Um, you know, he, of course, famously kissed a man, um, which was also just revolutionary, sadly. It's so sad when you say this stuff is revolutionary, but it was back then. And I just liked the character of Jack. And I thought his coming out story was really good. I think there's a beautiful, beautiful scene between him and his father when his father finally starts to sort of accept him. And this is after Jack has gone up and kissed this boy who ended up going back to his other boyfriend and Jack is just devastated. And he's also devastated because he's like, you know, nothing in my life is going to be easy is what he keeps saying. And he's on the kitchen floor and he's crying 
and his dad comes over and he basically, his dad said, you know, I'm so proud to have a gay son. And it's such a beautiful moment because his dad has not been supportive at all until this moment, really. And it's just a great scene to watch. And it's so healing for Jack and is what Jack needed so much. So I just want to give a call out to Jack. This is another character that could also be seen as also a caricature and also going to stereotypes. But I still love him. Javier on. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to say this and then we're going to add someone in here in a minute here. <laughs> so Javier on Felicity. I know that sometimes he's thought of as a stereotype, but I adore him. He is the best and he's so amazing and he has some of the best lines and he calls a lot of people on their BS and I just, I adore him. I love him. I love him. I love him so much. So I had to mention him. There's one other character I want to mention, but before I do that, because I know that somebody that we're bringing in right now, I am so happy Meg is joining us. Meg! Hi! Hi. <laughs> like, Meg's not going to be joining us. I was summoning you <laughs> in my mind earlier. Okay, so here's here's what happened. I wasn't sure <laughs> if I was going to be able to come in because our, I, I'm sure some folks know our camper basically uh, got totaled. And so today I was like, oh, we're going to try and find a camper and we don't know what that situation is going to be. So we found a camper and we bought it and yay and everything like that. And I have been celebrating since two. Whoa. <laughs> you seem a lot more together for celebrating since two. <laughs> so we've been celebrating since two and I'm still celebrating because. Yeah. And what, what we're going to have a camper that works. That's yeah, awesome. It won't burn yeah. down with us inside. And it was, <laughs> hi, I'm so excited to, to show up. I know. Like, and. I dragged my kids out of the pool at my parents' house. <laughs> they were literally swimming at my parents' house 10 minutes ago. And I was like, get out. <laughs> well, I'm That's really just... glad you joined because we already mentioned Love, Simon. And I was like, I, I was so excited because Meg, that doesn't mean you can't talk about it. Because I'm going to let you talk about Love, Simon. And then we'll go back to what? where we were. Like, I don't want to be all, I don't want to be super repetitive about it or anything. I just, I absolutely love that movie. I, I read Simon versus the homo sapiens agenda for a book club. I was in before I love Simon ever came out. And I thought, God, it was so wonderful to have a young adult book. That's a little, a little bit of a YA romance to it that had a lot of the kind of stress and anxiety of just being a teenager and you just kind of threw in, okay, well, he's also gay. And that's just part of his stress and anxiety of, of being a teenager. And kind of the worries and fears of, of talking to your parents about who you are when you're that age. Not coming out because you feel like your parents are going to hate you or anything like that. And he makes it very specific and very clear in the book and in the show. He's like, I know my parents will not be like upset or disappointed, but it's going to change some, there's going to be a shift in our relationship. And I feel like that's something that's super relatable for everybody. I am like the cis het white girl, <laughs> but there were certain things talking to my parents about. I really felt like, okay, once I, once the words come out, it's going to be a shift. It's going to change something. And 
being scared of that, even knowing, even knowing that my parents weren't going to like shut me out or anything for it. And I love that. I love that it was framed in a very typical kind of stress that teenagers have. Um, I think the movie did a really good job of adapting it. It's the movie's a bit different from the books. I loved the scene with his mom who said, uh, who's just like, you get to breathe. Like finally you get to breathe. And I even loved even more the scene in the movie with his dad, because you initially think when his dad like gets up and walks away that his dad's upset or disappointed. Um, And he comes back and he's like, I'm just, I can't believe you've been living with this by yourself for so long. And I'm making thoughtless comments and I'm hurting you and not knowing. And I thought that was a really beautiful thing. And anyways, that's all. I just wanted to say hi. I wanted to say hi to you guys. I'm so excited. I don't want to be like, come in and take over and be like, no, you said stuff that we didn't say. So. Oh, yay. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's Except, you know, we did talk about how it has the best Ferris wheel scene. Oh, my god. <laughs> Which we didn't want to spoil it. But yeah, <laughs> we didn't say with whom. So that's still. Well, I spoiled um, it. I'm sorry. It's been the movie's been out for a while. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we're gonna because we had we actually this was the movie that won our poll about what mm-hmm. we should mention, and also we had before I even did the poll, we had a new listener who's a new listener to the show, <gasps> who listened to our George Michael episode and other episodes, and said, "Please talk about Love Simon at some point, <laughs> and Love Victor." So. I, yeah. So we're going to do that next year. We're going to talk about both. We're going to talk about Love, Simon, and then Love, Victor. So we'll do that the same week. So have yeah, you watched I, Love, Victor, Meg? I've, I've seen the first season. I haven't had a chance to watch the second season yet because I've been in, like I told you, my camper almost burnt down to the ground. Um, I've been dealing with that. <laughs> so I have not <laughs> been able to invest in a show that I don't know everything about. So I've been doing some rewatches to help with some anxiety stuff with that. Um, but I'm really, really excited about Love, Victor season two because I enjoyed the first season. I thought it was a really interesting difference because at first I thought that, okay, so we have Love, Simon, and Love, Victor is going to basically be like the same story. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It tackles different challenges. And it tackles one where Victor's family is not necessarily as um, open to the fact that he is that he's gay it's not you know so i think that's really interesting to kind of see how that goes and it's and and it's a weird dichotomy in the show it seems like from what i've seen that his dad's not going to have an issue his mom is a little bit more like closed off to it but i haven't seen season two i won't say um so i i don't know but i i really liked it i thought it was really cute i i I liked the little incorporations of having Simon like in the first season, having them like mm-hmm. Victor being really resentful of Simon having like this great love story in high school. And he's like, what the hell are we supposed to do here in high school after you have this like literal epic YA novel romance? And I'm just sitting here just trying to live my life as a little gay boy. Um, and not have that. And I thought it was really cute. Also, hello, my wife, Carla. I love you. Hi. <laughs> and and that listener's name is Sean. So I wanted to make sure I said hi. Sean. 
So the second season of Love, Victor ends in a cliffhanger. So if they do not do <gasps> it for a third season, I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. I'm Sorry. Just like, I'm just like, oh, shit. Because I, Carl and I are going through this. She wants me to watch Happy Endings. And I've been watching it, but I know that it ends on like an unresolved note. And I have a really, really hard time with that, with books or shows. Like, I have not read. I've read the first Game of Thrones book. I have not read any of the other ones because I genuinely believe George R. R. Martin is going to die before he finishes them. And imagine spending all this time reading these books. And then he dies. So you don't have a conclusion. Like, I don't even care if it's a bad ending. I just want an ending. Yeah, and I'm and that's why I'm hoping. And I was trying to see if that if it had been renewed yet. So I guess I shouldn't have told you that. But God damn it! <laughs> but if you do watch it, I want you to because I don't want to say. I want you to message me and tell me who you what you think should happen. <laughs> How the cliffhanger should be resolved. But it's a. It, I thought it was really good. I watched it in like like two days i've been like binging that because i wanted to make sure to watch <laughs> love victor because i love love simon so yeah so i'm I've so really happy. enjoyed i've really enjoyed love victor i think it yeah. was a very interesting different take on on the story and i like what they're doing with it but again i haven't seen the second season yet so i might be talking out of my ass well no i think the second season's better than the first season personally so that's just my personal opinion so <laughs> So, but yeah, you guys, so you guys talked about Love, Simon, and you talked, yes, about, talked about movies. We were queer as farts. Queer as farts. <laughs> queer as folk. I'm sorry. I don't mean to disrespect. I just am trying really hard. Watch it at some point. No, I'm just trying really, really hard to not drop the F-bomb again, because every time no, I see it, Meg, I desperately it. want you to watch it so that you can tell me how you feel about Brian, because I need to, oh, I, I need somebody in my corner. I don't want to watch it because I don't want to get in the middle of this. <laughs> whatever, whatever but this remember, is. Remember, no matter what, and we had a lot of people vote on it, no matter what, our audience <laughs> agrees that they love Brian. So no matter I, You know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step back. I'm going to watch Freaks and Geeks, and I'm just going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are going to be doing a special bonus episode on Freaks and Geeks coming soon. That'll be only for subscribers. Ooh, look at me playing right into your into your plug. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And he, but before we have you talk about before we go on, I just wanted to mention one last character. And I know that Meg watched this show as well. I want to mention David from Six Feet Under because Michael C. Hall. I, I love you, Michael C. Hall. Mouth breathing and all. I love oh. you so much, Michael C. Hall. <laughs> This is my rhyme to you. Does that count as a song? Or yes. is it no, a poem? it does not. Um, <laughs> I love Six Feet Under. I maintain they have one of the I best series you. finale ever. Mouth breathing and all. I mean, now <laughs> it's, it's a song. Like a a now show it's a tune. Song. David went on one of the best character journeys I have ever mm-hmm. seen on the show. His character growth was so incredible and amazing. And Michael C. Hall was so flippin' brilliant in this show. I mean, he's brilliant in everything, but he was so well, good in this show. I and think I just, oh, I just love David. He's just, I think it's really important when you talk about, like, Six Feet Under came out a while ago um, when... LGBTQ representation was always kind of a joke. It was always the butt of jokes. They never, like, LGBT, the community never really got good, complex representation. 
for a long, long time. Like even even shows that were full of LGBTQ people, um, it was always kind of like the flamboyant one was always very much the joke. Mm-hmm. You know, they always had to have a flamboyant person on there to be the butt. But he was such a complex, he was such a deep and intricate, full character and he was never played for the joke and i thought that was so important um on a drama he was because six feet under is a dramedy and he wasn't ever like he was used a little bit as butts of jokes but never because of his Mm -hmm. homosexuality it was just because he was kind of a stuck-up prick yeah for his anal for being anal that's what (laughs) (laughs) not no pun intended i'm just i'm sorry i thought that's maybe that's why you were doing no, he was he was he was a, he was a stuck he was a bit of a stuck up prick. He was um, for a lot of character. it. <laughs> Very different. Yes, but he did such a good job. And that and and that episode where he gets held up. Mm. Oh my god! Like I, that's one of the shows I have not rewatched very many times. But I I watched it and it was so good because it ended so beautifully. And I tend to find that when shows end really, really well, I don't rewatch them because I'm like, this is a wonderful, complete story. Um, but that episode when he gets held up is just like, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. so good. And that was what that was what I was alluding to when we talked about Queers Folk in our last Queers Folk episode. When I talked about that, there was a moment in six feet under that happens to david that changes him a lot and i think that's one of the many moments and i just you know that show was on at the same time as six feet as six as queers folk so i would Mm -hmm. watch queers folk they were on the same night so i would watch i think six feet under came on first and then i'd watch queers folk different networks but same time well you had to have hbo for six feet under you had to have the money and then showtime for and then Showtime for Queers, folks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you had to have feature. big dollars. And they both ended at they both, <laughs> yeah. They both ended the same year. So they both ended at the same time. So just imagine me, my two favorite shows at that time, and Queers Folk Remains, my all-time favorite show, are ending at the same time. And I won't say because I don't know if Carl has ever watched Six Feet Under. Do you ever plan on watching Six Feet Under? Okay. So, and I won't say, but someone, something happens a few episodes before the finale. And I just remember that just that episode just breaking my heart. Um, But yeah, I, David is just one of my favorite characters, period. One of my favorite character growth arcs because he wasn't my favorite character when I started watching that show, Mm -hmm. but he became my favorite character. He does. He does grow so much. And I think that's what's oh God, so great. Yeah. That's it's great about that six feet under is that they all have a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, David probably the most, to be perfectly honest. Yes. It kind of it really kind of became his story in his show. Um, because yeah. yeah, Peter Krause's not so much, but da- yeah, David was probably the. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember her name off the top of my head because I believe it or not, I did not prepare at all. For this, that's uh, okay. This is kind of just a random. The the <laughs> younger sorry. the younger sister in that show, I feel like she also had this beautiful arc, and it it remains one of my favorite series finales, I think, ever. And we're going to be covering that show next year. It's already on my schedule. I think I'm on the list. 
I, I think you I told you, you have to show. let oh, me yeah. on it. <laughs> I already know you love that show. Like, I love that show. So don't worry. You will be on that one. You will be on that episode. It'll give me an excuse to rewatch. And then I just, anytime I can talk about Michael C. Hall. <laughs> we Why, do you like him? him I love Michael C. Hall. <laughs> I'm so excited for Dexter. Can we if just he, get a real trailer for Dexter, though? I know, his next movie is, or his next show, he's going to play an IRS agent who's like <laughs> deep undercover. Like, and Meg can add his, his deep, picture to her wall of deep of undercover investigating the, sh- the, uh, the Rose family. <laughs> Sexy accountants. After they've the rebuilt world. their wealth. <laughs> and then he'll fall in love with, who will he fall in love with? I mean, we can have this weird thing where maybe he he can fall in love with David, but David's like, excuse me, I'm a happily married man. And Patrick is like, ooh, I'm a thumb. (laughs) (laughs) I love Patrick so much. That was the meanest thing I've ever said about Patrick was calling him a thumb. Excuse me. If you listen to our um, new Schitt's Creek episode, which there was so much sexy accountant talk that I did cut out. but (laughs) I'm offended. I'm I offended. A lot of it, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, we spent about 25 minutes, I think, just talking. About I think more than that. We just spent riffing about sexy accountants. Just we riffing just about sexy accountants. <laughs> That's the Which... last thing I ever expected us to talk about. <laughs> Meg and her and her thirst for for and hot my IRS thirst agents. for hot IRS agents. <laughs> they are doing the Lord's work and taking care of all of us. So they don't audit me. That's all. <laughs> They're superheroes. Remember, they Kyle, are superheroes. Right. Not right. all superheroes wear capes. Some of them have calculators. <laughs> so, what else have you guys talked about? So for we've already your talked about mishmash movies. pride. We've already talked about movies. Okay. So, do you have any? Do we talk about movies? the birdcage? No, well, yes, I did mention oh it more God. in a joke way than in an actual series. I mentioned it when I mentioned it to another movie where they sat there and had an argument about in and out and then they said, okay. well, I'm not even going to mention the birdcage. So go ahead and mention the birdcage. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I should. All I will say is Hank Azaria, like Hank Azaria cleaning the pool in dress shoes with no socks is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's all I'll say about the Burke. I, I honestly, I love that movie. I, there's, there's I lots of problems with it. There, there's, it's, there's lots of problems with it. But we always, I feel like, especially now, today, knowing everything that we know and, and, and greater education, watching stuff from 20, 25 years ago, taking it into the context, and the Birdcage actually was kind of groundbreaking because you had very big names playing um, gay characters. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. I love that movie purely because it's, it's funny and it has a lot of heart to it. And anytime I think about them, like, Oh, these boys are playing leapfrog like in their dishes. I just, I love it. And I love Robin Williams. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about the birdcage. It's been a favorite of mine for many, many years. And I know it's it's got problems, but so much media does. 
I hey, I still like it. I watched it not too long ago, and I still laughed and found it funny. And I thought it was I, I watched it fairly recently, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, but I I think I think what's so important when we watch movies or read books a lot of times is to acknowledge the context and the time in which they were written. And it's something, and I, I know I've mentioned it a ton here on the podcast and on Carl and I's podcast where you say like just accepted during the time doesn't necessarily mean it was acceptable. It's just, we have to kind of view things through that lens a little bit too. Yeah. Cause yeah, there there's problematic shit with it, but I love it. And I just love Robin Williams and that's all. And I'm sad that I will never get to watch new Robin Williams stuff. Now I'm going to get really sad. Just kidding. I came on here to bring the mood down. <laughs> this is the sad point of the show. We're mm-hmm. all going to cry now. In but, unison. <laughs> Come on, Carla. I, let's all cry. In unison. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, my tears. My tears are like, so, so hard. You did a whole episode about yeah, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I did. We did do a whole episode Which about was Mountain. such an amazing movie. And I still get kind of angry that it was kind of made a joke of. Yeah. Um, But, and I think, and I do think kids like my daughter's age, she's 12, don't understand what a huge, huge thing it was to have like, because cowboys are like the epitome of manly maleness. Manly, manly, masculinity, manness. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have two actors, and this was a huge budget movie, and to have this like whole thing, and it was actually promoted and 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 put out there for everybody. It was not like this little indie film that we saw at Tribeca or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was out everywhere, and it was heavily promoted. And to have these very manly, masculine men, because you never doubt at any point in this movie that these are man's men yes you know there is no like effeminate stereotype anything between these guys and to have them fall in love and like a beautiful heartbreaking crushing love story and to have it become a joke just it it hurt in a lot of ways, because it, I think that was something that was a movie I think that meant so much to so many people. And then to have it be made fun of, mm-hmm. I think was so messed up because I don't know. Yeah. And we talked about that when we did the episode, we talked a little bit about that, about how sad that I, is. And, I'm and- so behind on my podcast. I'm going back to the office though. So I'm actually going to, be able to i'm gonna have so much time to listen back to the office not the show the office you're going back to an office i live to prove it's sad though sitting here knowing i mean i'm so glad carla that you're gonna be on next week i'm so glad that i put that episode on there because oh did you find something to make carla come scare me (laughs) which is yes oh the scare me episode (laughs) i know it's like what's aaron gonna do carla's gone till the end of august I'm Carla's your co-host. Weird. She's all it'll over so it. It'll be so weird not to have Carla, and it'll be so weird not to have you too, Meg. Meg returns sooner than Carla does, though. You return in July, correct? If Aaron remembers. 
<laughs> if I remember you exist, that's if she remembers to add me to the group chat, I'll be there. Otherwise, it's gonna be like the weekend after my birthday, giving up like birthday party time to hang out. I'm like, I don't know what Aaron is saying. I don't know. <laughs> wow, you just made it extra like I know. yeah it is an, a layer yeah. of guilt onto that cake just, there I know, just paint it on there like should quick, we have a birthday celebration for you considering what these topics are i'm like you have to really give me some material to make sure because it's adaptations i'm like son of a bitch i'm gonna have to really like aren't you the only one on that one or is it i the- um the- one that you're the no only one no paul is there now Oh, you added Carla. That's right. No, no. <laughs> no Paula. Oh, Paula. I Paula. I jokingly <laughs> added Carla, and I think she deleted herself. <laughs> but yeah, your episode book adaptations that are better than the original. I was the only one on there for a long time, and I was like, shit, if it's just me, I'm really going to have to start preparing. But speaking of books... <laughs> I just finished reading a really good LGBTQ uh, book called Perfect on Paper. That was going to be my next. It's a good lead into the next one that I was going to ask. We'll start with you, Meg, since you're already talking. Yeah. (laughs) We'll go to you, Carla. (laughs) Well, you know, I was like, Carla, Carla has been talking probably nonstop for the past hour. I better get in there. Oh no. my god! No, I, I'm you mean saying, the past hour since you joined and you've been talking, I've been no. saying nothing. Just no. pointing that, that out. Is what I'm <laughs> is I was like, when I came on, when I decided to join the pod, the live, I was like, Kyle has been there for 40 minutes, probably just talking by herself with Aaron. Be like, oh, yeah, oh Aaron. Be like, yeah, yeah. I've been making yeah. great jokes. About Brian, Thank you. about Brian, yes, and Tom Ellis. I had to hop on to give Carla a breath, a rate, a yes, for her. Thank you for letting me rest my voice. <laughs> You're the true hero tonight. Okay, well, what, what's this book you were talking about? Okay, <laughs> no, I just finished a book called Perfect on Paper. And I have two kids, so it's really hard for me to actually, like, fucking read if I'm... (laughs) Number two. (laughs) I've been here an hour. Absolutely nobody. Well, it's hard because on the regular ones, I'm like, go ahead, curse away. (laughs) And I'm just incapable of not swearing. Like, I I can't do it. I And I, I have tried. Like, I have family who have, like, younger, like, five-year-old children... And I try and I fail and I'm just like, I am so sorry. And I talk to them. I'm like, you might hear me say words like to the children. I was like, you're going to hear me say words. You should not say them. I'm sorry. Like I told my kids they're 18 year old words. <laughs> that's what I tell my son. Like, okay, th- this is grown up language. When you're a grown up, you can use it. And, that's, and then she says, heck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a husband. I know. And his I mouth know. is decidedly filthier. Although he's but, been pretty good. Anyway, so your book. I did, yeah, I did tell my children. I did tell my children. Like for a while, for a while, I was like, five foot book. But now both my children are or a five foot word. Both my children are over five feet tall now, and I'm like. Mm. But anyway, so the book. the book I just finished reading is called Perfect on Paper 
by Sophie Gonzalez. And it's a YA romance and everything like that. And but it's about a it's about a bisexual girl who is in love with her best friend and she also runs like this dating advice business basically out of a secret locker in her school and this guy finds out that she's the one running it and kind of sort of blackmails her slash also pays her to help him get his ex-girlfriend back it's an enemies to lovers love triangle thing and it's really really good and it's actually been dealing with a lot of biphobia Mm. from people um, it talks about biphobia in the book, and it's been dealing with some biphobia stuff in its reviews because a lot of people seem to think that, or from what I've been seeing in the reviews, is like, can you really be a bisexual main character if you wind up in a same or in an opposite gender relationship? And it's really interesting to see how the reviews are kind of amplifying the questions that are brought up in the book and kind of being like, you can't be bisexual if you're in a relationship with someone of the opposite gender. And it's it's really interesting and horrifying to see that. But it's it's addressed in the book and it's really, really well done. And it's funny. She's a giant dork. It's a really inclusive book. There is a whole spectrum of um, LGBTQ plus characters in the book, which is great. And I like I just finished reading it, I think, two days ago. And I read it in like I started reading it one afternoon and I finished reading it the next afternoon because I had to sleep and work. But it was really good. I really liked it. <clears throat> if you're into YA books, because I really am, which is, you know, real cool. I'm a young adult. Yeah, you're only 21, right? Uh (laughs) We're all only 21. I'm basically a teen mom. (laughs) But I think it does such a good job addressing biphobia in that very specific context. Because in the book, they're like, well, if you're in a same sex or in a different sex relationship, are you actually bisexual? Can you really get like you can pass? for heterosexual because you're in a relationship with someone of the opposite gender or if you're in a relationship with someone of the same gender are you actually bisexual or are you just like on your on the train tracks heading to be gay like are you it's, just confused and making a layover yeah. or you're yeah. just a big or you're just a big hoe mm-hmm. who right, can't make up their mind right and that and, that phobia is in the lgbtqia community as well Right, and yeah. it's but it's actually addressed from yeah, yeah, it's addressed from both both and from straight people in the book as well as um, gay people in the book, and kind of talking about that and how you're still valid, you're still queer, and your identity is still valid regardless of what your relationship status is. If you're in a relationship with someone from opposite or same gender, or if you're not in a relationship with anybody, you're still you. And it's not like you can turn one part of you off because of the relationship you're in. And I think it did a really good job kind of handling that. And as a YA book, it did a good job handling it in a way where I would not say like kids, 
kids my daughter's age, but maybe like later in middle school would would be reading it and stuff like that. Because it gets a little bit sexier than I want my 12-year-old to read. But I was fine with it. (laughs) 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 But that's the one I just finished reading. But I've read a few and I like them. And Carla, do you have any books? Okay, so I haven't been reading much the last few years. It's been it's been a trying time Fanfic. for me too. Well, yeah, other than fanfic, and we we've already There's discussed another bingo whiskey, thing. So <laughs> I'm just here just... to fill up bingo cards, guys. Yes, good job. But we've already discussed 91 whiskey, which is like the the, the one book that I've read and reread in this time. But um, there are okay. So this book, The Poppy Wars, is it's a great book. It's very, very, um, it has like a lot of triggers, like a lot. So it may not be for everybody, but they do have a character. And, and this is like one of those things where there's an uh, allusion to him being not straight, but it's not like, like you really have to dig for that, um, representation. So like, it, it's really, it really bothered me that it's like, it's there. You can see it. Like just, you know, just cross that finish line author. Just, you can do it. And then they, they didn't quite do it. Although there is still like, like, Oh well, yeah, of course he is. Well, maybe say it. Um, but on the whole, it's a great book, but a book that, that I actually like ordered and haven't gotten yet that I'm very excited about. And I'm very much looking forward to reading is um, Hola Papi by JP Brammer. JP Brammer is He's he's on Twitter and he's awesome on Twitter. He he's an advice columnist and um, uh, an essayist, and his writing is fantastic. So I'm this is a collection of of essays and stories, and I'm very excited to read it because he's like 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 me. He's also um, of Mexican descent, and uh, but he's from Oklahoma. So like his story is very very different from from mine um but i've been reading his column for for years and i love first of all i I love his writing because he he finds a way to be humorous and um he relates really well to, to the people who are writing in he's he's very kind very um very reassuring very he, he he makes you feel like like there's somebody out there who who cares and who doesn't want you to feel alone um and i love that about, about him so i'm very much looking forward to reading this book because i it just you know i um i want to hear more about him and about his journey and um read more of his stuff he's just such a such a gifted writer i really i'm so glad that he has a book a book out now and that it's being so well received because he, he really deserves it i have i have more books too oh you so. do okay good because i i don't really have any books to i have i have more I held in this part i I'm sorry <laughs> a fanfic would be the only thing i would mention so but. no like for, for me these days just picking up a book and reading it is so hard to do yeah i haven't read a book in except for, I, I read a book for an interview i did but i haven't other than that, I haven't read books. Yeah. So Meg, go for your books. Okay. Meg. Well, I'm gonna bust out here. Boyfriend of material 
is a fun one. If you're looking for another enemy, like, okay, I have a sucker for enemies to lovers. Literally, like, give me any story where they hate each other in the beginning and they... Watch All Over the Guy, which I already mentioned. Watch All Over the Guy. I think I've seen it, actually. Oh, really? Okay, never mind. It sounds familiar. I'll watch it again, always. Um, But, so, Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall is the same kind of thing. Like, the son of a has-been rock star needs, basically hires a boyfriend, (laughs) kind of, to get him through, like, I don't, it wasn't a wedding or anything like that, but it was just, he's getting bad publicity because he is the son of a of, of a, wa- a washed-up rock star, and they're like, oh, look at him being a hot mess. So he needed a stable boyfriend, so he hired this guy that he does not like at all, and the guy's like, well, you have to come with me to a wedding. Of course! And then, like, romantic hilarity ensues between the two of them. It's by Alexis Hall. Absolutely read it. I think I'm gonna... Carla and I might wind up doing a podcast episode about it with... Um, Absent headstrong girls. I know they're taking a summer break, but we might hop on there with them at some point. It's really fun. It's a really quick, easy read. Um, I am not gonna lie, I am all about the like breezy, easy reads. I love to read romance novels, and they're like and quirky romance novels are the best for me. And I'm really loving being able to find a lot more queer romance novels that are just like, yeah, this is just like this book reads like fan fiction. So if you like fan fiction, read this book. And also tying into that is I cannot talk about anything without talking about red, white, and Royal blue by Casey McQuiston, who it's basically the president's son and the like a print, the Prince of England and they hate each other. Again, it's another enemies to lover thing. And they have to like do this whole publicity thing. And it's adorable. And I love it. And it's got its own shit to it. But it's fun. And I'm not going to be sitting here recommending like very deep intellectual books. Because that's not the headspace I have been in. I have been wanting to read fluff. And wanting to read books that make me feel happy and make me feel good. Um. And these are books that do that. So Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. And I'm not be like, these are groundbreaking books or anything like that. They're fun, fluffy, bubblegum for the brain romance books that are queer. And they're really good and they're really funny. And that one also reads like fan fiction. I'm not going to lie. Like, reading Boyfriend Material, I was like, I know exactly who Dean is, and I know exactly who Cass is in this book. And the same thing for Red, White, and Royal Blue. Like, and I'm like, I have to stop inserting these characters, because even, like, straight heterosexual romance books, I'm like, "Mm, I know who Cass would be in here. And I have to, I have to stop. I have to stop doing that, but I can't, because I'm a garbage person. Um... If we also want to look at Simon versus the Homo Sapiens agenda is itself a fantastic book. Even if you've watched the movie, the book is different and the book hits a little bit different. And that's just a really, really good book. Um, And that is by Becky Albertalli. 
And she also writes a book called The Upside of Unrequited and Leah on the Offbeat. She actually writes a lot of um, really good queer YA books. And The Upside of Unrequited is, um, I can't remember the character's name. I think Lily, like his best friend. It's her story and her discovery of her bisexuality. Which is, it's it's good. So those are the books I have. Like, that's the only thing I came even remotely prepared for with this thing. Because I like talking about books. But I never, like, every time Aaron's like, what are you into right now for pop culture? I'm like, uh, I'm still reading the same fan fiction that I've been reading for five years. <laughs> over and over again. So I can't do that. <laughs> But those those are those are like those first three books I talked about, Boy from Material, Red, White, and Whale Blue, and Perfect on Paper. Those are all books I read in the past six months that I just thought were really, really good. And they're really fun. And I think so much when we talk about LGBTQ plus stories, we hear about all the anxiety and the stress and the pain and the angst. These books don't have that. It's just, they're already out. They're already, like, comfortable. And they just get to have the same treatment of romance and foibles and follies that we see in so many heterosexual romance books. And I love that. I'll just, me- I'll just mention a fan. I mean, like I said, our, in our poll for what will make you contribute and be a, a donor. And like I said, if you are... Um, there might be something really cool with our Halloween trivia event coming up. Uh, <laughs> plug, 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 plug. All of a sudden, I just pictured the scene in Carrie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You definitely want to plug. Wow. Okay. That was really not worth it to go there. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I know. I know. But we will cover, we'll, we'll cover fanfic. That'll be one of our bonus episodes. Um, and one fanfic that I do actually want to cover at some point is another Destiel fanfic called The Kinks. And the reason I want to cover that one is I think that it was one of the best fanfics about BDSM I've ever read That's in my like life. so good. Yeah, I've read it a couple times. So. I'm going to plug a couple of my favorite um, fanfics. Uh, for all you young hockey players out there, pay attention by Thursday's Fallen Angel also known as Lauren from the Sword of Brilliant podcast. That's one of my favorite fics. She is amazing at characterization. She does such a good job writing Dean. I feel like Dean is so hard for char- for people to write if they don't really identify and understand him. She does a really, really, really good job. Uh, but so that's that is honestly one of my favorite STL fics. She does and and AU is really, really hard for me because it's so easy when you get into AUs to kind of ignore characterization. And she just does a really good job. And the other one is Hope and Ruin, and I can't think of who wrote it, so I'm going to look it up. Do you have any Carla you want to do while she's looking? Yeah, Carla, you want to talk for a minute now that I came on? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I would recommend pretty much anything by uh, Northern Sparrow. That's one of my my favorite fanfic writers. Um, I really, he's amazing. I really like Forgotten in yeah, Flight I, is just 
Yeah, but the first one that I read by Northern Sparrow was A Room of One's Own, which is yes. actually a hilarious, hilarious it's fic. So funny. It's so funny. Yes. It's and so I wish hot. I could remember. Yes. Um, oh, there's one that I wish I could remember. Um, also, our host has written some excellent, excellent fanfic. In time you'll, um, see. In time you'll see. Yes. I love it so much. And also, like, this one is not um, about, because this one doesn't involve shipping Dean and Cass, but um, the the therapy series is just really, really good and and really gets Mm -hmm. into what makes Dean tick and what, in what ways he could heal if he had been allowed to in the series. So just putting that out there, like, it's, it's really, really good. Thank you. That's yeah. and I'll put my name. It's C Avery S E A A V E R Y one, just the number one, and that's yeah. Dean in therapy. It's a series that I I swear at some point I will finish that. I swear it's really good. You do such a good job writing. Yeah, but but what is there definitely worth reading. Finished or yes. not, it's you really get to know so much more in depth about about Dean than the, than the writers of the show bothered to really flesh yeah. out, especially towards the end. Well, and that's, and, and that's where my whole thing with fanfic, I'm, I'm very much into if these characters are themselves, if they make sense, even an AU. And that's why I, like I said, I have a hard time with AU because some people are like, Oh yeah, they're super easy going and relaxed and chill. I'm like, they're, they're not like they could be, I guess if you erase all of their history but I am reading fan fiction because I want to read about these characters I don't want to read about people with that name going through stuff that I don't recognize as the characters but Hope and Ruin is written by Elizabeth 1985 it is a canon divergent fic where it's basically zombies it's a virus that spreads that creates zombies. And if you like angst and pining and slow builds and everything like that, that is another one of my absolute it's favorites. So good. It's so good. I've read it probably eight times. I read that years ago. I don't remember it very well, but I know I read it like years ago. It's so good. I think about like the mixtape that they like, there's a broken bone. So they have to like stay together while everyone else moves on and like protect themselves. And, now I'm going to greet and I'm going to reread it. I'm going to get my Kindle. I'm like, I'm almost done rereading 91 whiskey again. So now I got to go back to hope and root. Never mind the like 400 fix and books I have on my Kindle right now. Let me just circle. <laughs> I cycle through. So I cycle through for all you young hockey players out there. Pay attention, which is the, least angsty of those three and the least tension filled of those three. That one really gets into Dean's head and his psyche and his internalized homophobia and how he deals with it. Um, but I, yeah, I cycle from that to I knew whiskey to hope and ruin back to for <laughs> like, I just kind of circle around because they're so good. And Northern Sparrow writes amazing fanfic. Anything you read from her is going to be really, really good. There is one AU she wrote that I had to stop because it was too good. And I was like too heartbroken. It was a cancer fic or something like that. And I had to stop because it was too much. But it's so good. It was so good. 
Well, what I just want to end on is, are there any other characters that you want to give a quick shout out to, Carla? Whether they're in movies, books, songs, television, anything, commercials. I don't know why I said commercials. <laughs> Those two moms in the Cheerios commercial. Get, get the Westboro Baptist Church all up in arms. Yes. I, I can't think of really any specific characters. Um, I do want to shout out a couple of YouTube videos, though, that I watched that were very informative and that I really appreciated all of the... the the depth and nuance that they went into. One of them is called How Comedies Are Changing LGBT Plus Representation. And the the account's name is Are They Gay? And the other one is What is Good Queer Representation in 2020? And the, the account name is Melina Pendulum. And they're not they're not exactly they're not short videos, but they are worth worth watching because they, they really um the one by are they gay talks more about the history of of queer representation queer cinema it goes back to like the 1920s and to the oh what is that law or that rule oh my god okay but because they, they mention it and I, I wish to god that i could remember what it was called but it, it's um they also reference a book called Celluloid Closet, which I'm going to be reading soon because it's it it basically talks a lot about all of these things that are dealt with in in their video. Um, it's really it's very really thorough. Too, so. Yeah, yeah. So if if you get a chance to check out those, and I strongly recommend them. Uh, Meg, did you have any other ones you want to just shout out? Um, you weren't on here the whole time. Yeah, off the top of my head, I, I I'm gonna mention because I've been rewatching Bones. Angela Montenegro is a really beautiful, wonderful bisexual character who it was never made like a thing about her bisexuality. She just had relationships with men and women, and it was just there and a part of it. And I just I love her so much, and I am saying that because that's what I'm watching right now is Bones. I'm rewatching Bones right now, and that's all it kind of popped to the top of my head. And I don't know what else you guys have talked about necessarily. Also, um, Captain Hope from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was one of my favorite. He's one of my yes. favorite characters just ever at all. But being an openly gay black police chief in New York City, who started his career as an openly gay black police officer in the seventies, yes. Yes. I, I love, love him so much. I loved him. I still love him so much. So that's that's what I got off the very like tip tip tippity top of my wine soaked head. <laughs> I'm just gonna mention um really quickly, um there's this movie called Imagine Me and You, which is really good. <laughs> That's a really good movie. Yeah. So I'll just mention that really quickly. And then I'm just going to mention really quickly something we haven't mentioned a lot, uh, talked about a lot. And that's a little show called Queer as Folk and a character named Brian Kinney. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've never heard of that show. Hang on. What's it called? Can you, queer can you spell his name for me? Because I haven't heard it. I haven't heard of, of that character. Can you please spell it out for us so that we can Google him? B R I A N S E X. 
O-N K-I-N-N-E-Y Are all the middle parts silent? Like, is it like a German name that's just super long and you only pronounce like four of the letters? Yes. Queer as far as... Fun story. So Tom Hanks in Philadelphia just showed up on my Twitter feed. Tom Something. Hanks showed in up Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, like his his Oscar, he won an Oscar for Philadelphia. Yes, I know that. Which also <laughs> a fantastic movie. Don't be a dick. Fantastic movie. <laughs> that is heartbreaking and groundbreaking at the time because it was in the midst of the AIDS pan- uh, epidemic. And where no one gave a shit about all of these people dying. Like, just yes, huge swaths of people in the LGBTQIA plus community dying and no one gave a shit. And I just I just saw Tom Hanks and his Philadelphia thing for some reason on my Twitter feed as I was scrolling down it. And there's a movie I want to plug because, you know, youngins may, maybe didn't see it. And they should because it's a really good one. And it's awesome. an inch. Go ahead. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Of course. I love awesome. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, and then um, this movie, it's weird to recommend. I kind of am ambivalent about whether I should recommend this or not, but there's this other movie I'm looking at. Just do it at this point. At I'm this just port. throwing shit out there. I'm just throwing shit out there at this point. I'm like, hey, I remember this movie. I like it. <laughs> Brian Kinney, Brian Kinney, Brian Kinney. I'm sorry, I just keep queer as farts. <laughs> queer as farts. Does it's queer so- as folk have a definitive ending? Does it have a good ending? Yes, it does have a. Definitive then I will ending. watch it. Carla Yay! hasn't watched. Yes, thank you. Before I, I watch, like it. I think before I watch like happy endings. I think you'll actually like. And then, and then you can do a queer as folk episode. But you can't have Brian on there because I will not behead him. I don't care. You <laughs> I feel like I can't have Brian on there even without you there because Carla's feelings about Brian have been made very clear. I'm like, yeah. I feel like this is way too easy. That's too and, easy. And honestly, I Carla's really hard to fight with. <laughs> I was fine battling against her. On no, like I'm generally <laughs> we we record on Thursdays, and by Thursday, I'm just so tired. <laughs> but that's the thing with our podcast is we do have characters that we absolutely love that we wind up beheading in our game, and most of the time we play with characters that we absolutely love, and we love all of them, and have to behead one of them, and it hurts. Like, it hurts to put their names in there, and we try our best to kind of justify why we're doing it. So, now that this has become... Now that this has become no. a, a, a giant plug for Bedwood or Behead podcast... Aren't you, aren't you so happy that I joined, Carla? I well, been, I was. You know, was <laughs> it was really heartbreaking to behead Freddie on the Horror Hunts episode. You know, I will say, okay... So they were interviewed. They, they <laughs> I twist my arm, and they both mentioned the horror hunks episode. What did they fail to mention? That I was on that episode. Oh. <laughs> wow! Isn't it awesome to be forgotten by someone? <laughs> 
Aaron, okay. he really forgets that I exist. You weren't even glad you there. brought that up, Aaron. Like, you weren't there at all. We talk and we have a podcast, and I'm sitting here, like, looking at you in the face, and you forget that I am here. I don't it's not that I forget that you're there. Just, <laughs> well, that doesn't make it better. I, I remember that you're there. I just don't want to hear from you, Meg. <laughs> like you're there, but that. all you're gonna talk oh, about is sexy tax accountants. And, <laughs> and I don't even what else do you have to do? So, so we have segued to the <laughs> To the bear. Bear head plug <laughs> portion of it's a fandom thing and have moved on to the bitter contentious. Um, I just had to bring it up just to be funny. I know, and that's why I, I had, almost tweeted that's that. why I, I had like, to bring up nice for me. That's <laughs> why I had Megan. to bring up you constantly forgetting that I exist on your podcast. It's happened once, twice, ten times. <laughs> twice in one podcast. <laughs> I love you, Meg. I do love Meg. Everybody who wonders. I guess I know where we're not stopping when our trip out west. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) But but we are gonna try and wrap things up here. So we're done in about a half an hour. But (laughs) (laughs) this is the Midwest goodbye of podcasts. We're like we're gonna try and wrap stuff up, and then four hours later we'll be done. Someday call, we really should do one of those eight-hour streams. There is. I would. I would. Uh, you could do that and just have people come in and out. Exactly. And then by the end, I'll it. be like, "Why the fuck am I doing?" Oh, whoa! I <laughs> Meg has infected you. Not me. Not me. Not me. I didn't say that word. So yeah, we are gonna try. We would try to close out for a never. Never. <laughs> Charles like I am closing out. I will out. not be held prisoner here. <laughs> yes, you will because I miss you. And next weekend, I miss you too. But damn, we're not. You know what have... else I miss? My bed. You know what? We're My not going to all be together till August. So I'll close out. I, I, I'm me, serious. Me and Aaron yelling at each other. Yes. For the next twenty minutes. <laughs> and in fact, Meg, you can close up for me. You can do all of the bedwetter. Or Carla's leaving. She doesn't social like media. But I'm Carla, and you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Carla Demis. Also, my website is carlademis.com, and that's spelled C A R L A T E M I S. Bye, Meg. Good night, I everybody. Good night. Love See you. you next Saturday. Yes, Bye. ma'am. Uh, but I'm just going to make a couple of quick announcements while Meg is gone, um, having a little bathroom break. <laughs> I'm only saying that because she said it. So I want to just first off, once again, remember we are taking support right now for $2.99 a month. That's a low price. You will get bonus content like our Christian effing bail episode, um, shout outs on our live streams, which we already did earlier. And then after six months of support, the chance to be on an episode or determine the topic of an episode. Please follow that link. Or you can also go to our uh, page, our podcast page or any of our show notes, and you can find that link there. Our other thing is next Saturday, we are going to be discussing the film Scare Me, which once again, you can watch that on Shutter. You can also rent it on pay-per-view. Uh, but we're doing it to sort of honor the fact that his new movie, Werewolves Within, comes out. So we're just celebrating him by discussing that movie. 
It will be the live stream. There will be spoilers. Carla will be on that one. So that one is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to talk about that one. So Meg, where can they find Bedwed? Bed. Oh shit. Okay. So you can find <laughs> us. So you can find us on all the places good podcasts are found. At Bedwed Behead. You can find us on Twitter at Bedwed Behead Pod. And I believe the same for Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at bed.wed.behead.pod. And if you want to find me personally, because you can have all of my takes, <laughs> you can find me at Wisconsin, which is, and get your bingo cards ready. Yes. W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. And again, if you have a problem, take it up with Carla. <laughs> so this is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a part of our upcoming horror trivia event, you're a creator or a podcast host, and you want to possibly co-host one of those 10 weeks, I'm not talking about if you want to be a contestant, feel free to reach out to us at itsafandomthingpod at gmail.com. We'll have a new promo video coming early July, which will have all the rules for contestants on there as well. But on our next episode, we are going to wrap up our celebration of Pride Month. This isn't a live stream, but we already recorded this. We're going to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, which was a show I was very new to. But it was a very interesting discussion with Susie and the other Megan. Um, so it was a very, it's very interesting. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Timmies. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.